Finding Happy, Seven Steps to Relationships That Will Not Steal Your Joy is the new book by me, Nikita Banks, a licensed psychotherapist and life strategist. Leverage the knowledge you'll receive in this book to help you with the process of obtaining absolute clarity through the use of guided self-exploration. This process is necessary to help you master all your relationships in 2019 and beyond. Go on Amazon.com or BlackTherapistPodcast.com and grab your copy of the book guaranteed to help you redesign all your relationships based on two basic principles, health and happiness. Get your copy today. Welcome to the Black Therapist Podcast. The Black Therapist Podcast is a podcast where we discuss the unique issues people of color face when dealing with mental health issues and mental health diagnosis. Now, if you are new to our show, I am your host, author, life strategist, and psychotherapist, Nikita Banks, in private practice in my hometown of Brooklyn, New York. I am available for both psychotherapy and coaching sessions, and you can find more information about that on my website, NikitaBanks.com. You can listen to our podcast everywhere podcasts are found, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, YouTube, SoundCloud, Pippa, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and BlackTherapistPodcast.com. If you are a mental health advocate or therapist and you want to buy our podcast merchandise, you can do so by visiting our site. And if you want access to our free mental health tips, free online trainings, discounted selective services, and resources, do so by joining our mailing list by texting "get happy" all one word to six six eight six six. If you love the podcast, please like, comment, and share. We love to hear from you. And if you want to send me some feedback, guest suggestions, or simply to say hey, you can contact us at our website, BlackTherapistPodcast.com. Please be mindful that this episode and all of the information that we provide here is just a resource and a tool to help get you started on your mental health journey. If you are feeling any mental health distress or you are having any significant issues, please feel free to reach out to us so that we can find you a mental health provider in your area. Okay, let's go. Hey guys, I've missed you. I hope that you've missed me. Um, This year has been incredibly busy and difficult and uh, hard for all of us and for me just being able to balance all of the things that I want to do with the things that I have to do has been a lot of a challenge so um, I promise to try to be as consistent as I possibly can but as I told you when I am stressed stress shows up for me in my chest and as somebody who speaks and talks for a living it's sometimes difficult for me to have conversations um, and talk outside of that space and so doing the shows even though I, I wanted to and I hoped to it just kind of became a lot uh, especially as I'm trying to navigate creating space for my clients self-awareness for me as, as a person but definitely as a therapist is something that I really had to learn to invest in. I know when I'm starting to get stressed and when life is starting to do, take a, take a downward slide, my normal usual coping skills that I, I use to feel better, going out, shopping, hanging with friends, um, you know, other friendly adult activities I'm not really doing right now because of COVID and 
you know, it's it has been taking a, a toll on me. I tend to isolate when things get stressed, but I also like to get get social. So I'm 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 definitely one of those introverted extroverts or extroverted introverts, but that's not what's going on now. So I've really been trying to work on compartmentalizing only when I need to for work and feeling my feelings at all other times. And that has allowed me the space to create space for my feelings, but it's also been been really challenging. So I've been working a lot lately, probably a lot more than usual. And because COVID is kind of lifted, I've been doing some of the other self-care things that I've been needing to do, go to the dentist and, you know, making some of my doctor's appointments and those kinds of things. And I've been having like minor, very minor, thank God, knock on wood, health challenges, but it's really just like maintenance, right? Things that I've, I've needed to do. So that's been really taking up a lot of my time, but I also have been making an intentional decision to be a lot more selfish than I've been in the past. You know, as women, sometimes what we we tend to do is put our needs to the side and take care of everybody else. And as somebody who's already in a service industry, it's very difficult to reconcile with not being there for everybody. And it's definitely starting to take a toll on me. Uh, I don't aspire to be a therapist in every single environment that I'm in. I don't aspire to be everybody's therapist. I'm not my family therapist. I'm not my friend's therapist. Uh, I hate when people assume that because I'm in a social setting, if they know what I do for a living, that they think that that's somehow going to make me behave differently or be somebody other than who the hell I am on a daily basis. It's just part of what I do. It's just a skill that I have. It's just stuff that I know. And I'm not going to say that I don't employ those skills in my own life. Sometimes I just want to be, I just want to be ratchet and not righteous. Sometimes I just want to be me. Sometimes I'm just simply that little girl from Bed-Stuy and I'm cool with that. I like her. You know, sometimes I want to I want to slap somebody. Sometimes I want to scrap in the middle of the street. That's not who I really am. Not every day. But, you know, sometimes I sometimes I want to revert back to like some like sometimes I don't really want to care that much about image and professionalism and like being a grown up. Sometimes I just kind of want to just let some of that stuff go and just be me. And I feel like. This perception of having it all together as a professional is it it can be wearing on all of us. So I remember when I used to be a teacher and my students used to see me out in the community. I taught at a school around the corner from my house. Shout out to PS9. And when the students used to see me in the community with like my son or they see me at the grocery store, they'd be like, oh, my God, Miss Banks is my groceries. Yes, Miss Banks eats. Yeah, she eats. She eats hot chips and. Salt and vinegar potato chips. I do all of that. I'm Miss Banks is is a human being. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm a I'm actually a real person. And so I think sometimes people don't see therapists as actual human beings. We see these professional 
aspirations or educations and certifications or whatever. And don't ever let any of that stuff fool you. I'm I'm just me. I'm I'm just trying to make it through the day and figure it all out. So um People who have listened to the show, they've basically told me how raw I am. I don't know if other people are not raw. I don't really listen to a lot of the other podcasts, as I told you before. I also don't listen to my own podcast, which is bad. I got to listen to some of my old episodes. But I don't really feel like being honest is being raw. I just really feel like I'm transparent. And I like to, to... be honest everywhere that I go. I don't know if I feel like it's a Libra thing, but I like to be honest and be myself everywhere that I am. And I hope that comes across in the show. But that said, so I've been working with a lot of clients who are foster kids in their own families. And I came up with this concept having a conversation with my great aunt Bertha Marie. Um, and if you don't know about my aunt Bertha, you should go back and listen to the episode that I did with Robert Lee. Um, I'm sorry, Rob Lee. Rob Lee is a descendant of Robert E. Lee, the Confederate general. And so he knows my family from North Carolina. And that is my grandmother's baby sister, Aunt Bertha. But we started talking about this concept of like being foster kids in your own family. And so... The pattern that I've recognized in my own family from my great grandmother's generation to my grandmother's generation to my mother's generation, but not necessarily, I would say in my generation, but it wasn't widespread. It was this concept of like other people raising your children within the family. And so your family, you're around family, you're around your siblings, but not really truly being raised as like siblings. Like my mother was raised by my grandmother but she was also raised by her godmother and my brother was raised by my my brother my uncle was raised by my grandmother but he also spent time with his dad and he also spent time with his godmother um and like for a time my grandmother lived with her grandmother so like all of these kinds of like being within the family but not having this structure to be whoever it is that you are in the family and this is a theme that's been coming up a lot for me in my work and so recently watching the Braxton's family values if you don't watch the show you should watch it but uh, just a little backstory so the Braxton's is based around Tony Braxton who is the star and her she has five sisters and one brother and you know there is there was a singing group there were four girls in the group one girl was left out of the group she's kind of like the foster kid in her family and so the reason that i use that that saying is because when you grow up being in a family there's some there's a level of security that happens about you being able to mess up and screw up and be whoever you are but you family anyway and so people just accepting you as you are never walking around on eggshells not feeling like at any given time you can be cast out or thrown away or given away or sent back home and so there's this concept of like almost living inside your head when you have to be perfect and you end up becoming a people pleaser or you end up becoming very insecure or insecurely attached or you end up never really feeling whole and able to make 
the same kind of mistakes as you would if you were just like if as if you you are a member a true member of the family not that you're not a true member of the family but that's just this kind of concept that you have and so i've seen it with a lot of foster children or people who even if they aren't foster children but children who kind of feel as if they were foster children in their families and not given that that kind of security to be able to express and explore and be authentic in their families and so that concept had really been coming up a lot for me in the work that I've been doing and I kind of wonder how that centered for me in my own life as the oldest child of my father even though there is a kid that's older than me that I don't know but as the oldest kid of oldest child of my dad's and the middle child of my mother I kind of function as as the only child because with my father's siblings I really function as the oldest again even though there's one older than me I only found out about him a few years ago but I have a domineering perspective. I've always felt not so much like a foster kid in the family, but I've also felt like not really having a secure place when it comes to concepts and how I'm engagement and how I'm supposed to really get along. And it's mostly really because like I said, I'm a middle child here. I'm a, a older child, the oldest child here. And I function as as almost an only child. You know what I'm saying? In, in black families, there's very little. There's, there's not this concept of like half siblings. I hear it a lot when I'm interviewing and I'm like working with my white clients. I don't really hear it a lot when I'm working with black families if you are raised by your same mama then y'all are siblings maybe if you have a if you're raised by your dad you you don't feel the same concept it's just different and so these kinds of family dynamics definitely present a challenge in trying to heal some family narratives and family situations And so for me, it has been kind of showing up in my life. Not, not, not necessarily this idea of like being a foster kid in my own family, but definitely this idea of like not knowing my place in my family and actually being able to choose the the role that I I service. So I'm going to go back. Um, I had a client this week who um his 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 dad passed away and so uh, one of my older clients she said that I'm like a psychic therapist or like intuitive therapist and I, I don't I don't really know what that means but um I do kind of listen to what my ancestors are telling me I am very a very perceptive and uh, in this show with Rob Lee, he talked about, you know, I, my ancestors coming from this thin place. Google it. 
listen to the the other show. We'll talk about this another time. But during this session, um, he talked about his father passing. And the last time that we met, his dad was alive, but he was visiting him in the hospital. And so he started talking about his dad being his dad passing, but him not being able to say that he is is dead, calling him in the first person. And, um, you know, I, it, it was a lot of parallels between his story and what he was talking about and me and my dad passing. If you want to hear the story, the, the episode about my father dying and me not being sad, it's on, you should go back into the old episodes and listen to that. So I saw a lot of parallels uh, between his story and and mine. And so I remember asking him if he got everything that he needed from his father. And he mentioned something about like musical instruments. Now, I'm doing all of the sessions on Zoom. Everything is on Zoom. And so he was talking about musical instruments and like legitimately. (laughs) Um, He had a Zoom back, like like a Zoom background, but I kept seeing a flashing of a guy with a musical instrument on the wall. It was very strange. So finished the session because I'm like, I feel a little bit like Miss Cleo right now. So I'm going to ask you a question. You were talking about your, your dad and like musical instruments or like his musicality. Do you have a painting hanging on the wall with like a, with the musician? So he, the person said, yes. He turned off the Zoom background and then I saw all of the musical instruments in the room. And I was like, well, this thing kept it kept flashing above your right shoulder. And so, you know, and especially when you were talking about your dad still being around and existing. I was like, I don't know what this this means. I don't want to be a psychic therapist. It's just kind of weird. But but I thought about it. But immediately I thought about my own dad. Um, And so. Like I was thinking about my my dad as he talked about his dad throughout the session. That said, today I was home and not feeling well, and I was sitting, you know, on the bed. I get a text message on my work phone. Someone is inquiring about me and about my father, and I'm like, "Who is this? What is this about?" Apparently, it's a younger sister. Now, my dad has always told me about this younger sister, but when someone tells you about somebody who exists, like it's like a a concept. It's just like, okay, a person exists. Wow, thanks for giving me that information. Like, not a number, not we're gonna meet, not I'm gonna introduce you. It's just like, oh, okay, you have a you have a sister. And my family used to do that with my dad all the time. Like, oh, okay, you got a sister, you got a brother, you got a cousin. Mm, okay, I'm not really sure what a child is supposed to do with this information, but um, my younger sister reached out, and so this isn't the first time she's reached out. The first time that I actually spoke to her was right after my father passed away. Like maybe a few days later, she reached out to my uncle. My uncle reached out to me. And so she was, we spoke. And at that time, she was just like, you know, I'm not, I'm not really ready to meet. I don't really want a relationship. I don't, 
like I'm my only child. I, I guess I don't really remember what the conversation was, but she was basically like, you know, I'm not ready to be family. I just was curious and I'm like, okay, at that point I was grieving the loss of my dad, but I was like, you know, I I was in a place to like put my feelings aside and compartmentalize and like make space for like my siblings while we were going through the death. Um, I kind of for a little while had decided that I could just put my feelings aside to do what I needed to do to, you know, bury my father, pay for the services, plan everything and get get all of that stuff done. So I was in a doing mode and compartmentalizing. But after my father passed away, I had made a conscious decision that I was going to bury all of them and all of that with him. Then it doesn't mean that I don't want to have a relationship with my siblings, but it does mean that I, 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 the responsibility for adult children of someone else's choices were no longer my responsibility. I've had some very problematic relationships with my siblings just based off of the fact that I was my father's favorite. Now I say that I don't, I don't get a prize for that. There was no inheritance. There's no 401k. (laughs) Like, it don't mean anything that I was his favorite. It just means to me that I got the things that I wanted or that I got the things that I needed in terms of him emotionally. But that took a lot of work for me to get to that point with him. And that took just me basically not closing the door on the relationship with him. My grandfather told me to never give up on my dad. I just kind of never did. And so... He's always been a constant in my life. His family has always been a constant in my life. And that's a gift that I don't think a lot of my other siblings got. But unfortunately, I don't got nothing to do with that. Um, and so my younger sister reached out to me um, today. And this is the third time in the three years since my father passed away that she's reached out. The first time, again, we had an exchange. She showed me some pictures. I sent her some pictures. We saw each each other looked like. But it was all in in the midst of me burying my dad. Then she reached out again to ask me some medical history questions. I answered those questions. And then that was the end of that. Didn't hear from her again. Then today she reached out again. So I basically was just like, you keep reaching out saying like hi what what do you, what do you want and maybe that was rude but i feel like if you reach out to somebody you should have an intention and if you have an intention you should be honest about your intention and if you like she didn't call me on my my phone that I've had my number that I've had for over 20 plus years. She didn't. She called me on my work phone. She sought me out through social media and my website like you keep reaching out to me. What do you want? Like I'm a human being. I'm in the middle of grieving from my, my own father. I don't want to keep having reminders of this man. I want to just move on with my life and just like, like he, he did. I just kind of want to heal from my own stuff. And 
the gist of the conversation was I asked, like, yo, you keep reaching out to me. I just really want you to have a agenda when you reach out to me, have an intention so that I can, if you have any questions about your dad, I'm be willing to answer whatever I can. If you have a question about medical history, I'm be willing to give you that information. If you want to have a relationship, I'll have to think about how I feel about it. But like, I'm, I've allowed you to set the terms of the relationship. You reach out to me when you feel like it. You contact me when you feel like it. You ask me what you feel like it, but I got feelings too. And I don't want nobody, like my my own father didn't have access to me to just like butt into my life when he felt like it. My mother doesn't even have access to me to just butt into my life when she feels like it. My boundaries is are very clear because I compartmentalize so many in so many places and spaces in my life. I do not choose to do that in my personal life anymore. And I'm at a place where I don't want to do anything I don't want to do. I've, I've designed my career like that. I've designed my life like that. Like, I don't want to put up with nothing that I don't have to. Not where I am right now. Not if it's not necessary and not if it don't benefit me. Like, if I'm not getting no money out of it or whatever, I ain't doing nothing I don't want to do. And sometimes I won't even do it for money. So I was perplexed with her response. It was like, oh, because of what you do for a living, I thought, y'all, I'm, I'm going to need y'all to stop that. I'm, I'm going to need y'all to stop. I'm going to need y'all to stop. Because just because I decide to make my money as a therapist, I don't, I'm not allowed to have boundaries. I'm not allowed to ask you to have an intention when you call me on the phone. I'm not allowed to want to know what you want when you reach out to me. And at the end of the day, I'm not judging her for wanting to know whatever she want to know. But sis, you ain't got a mama. At the end of the day, I am a child in this as well. Even though I'm a grown up in this situation, I was a child. And navigating a relationship as an adult with a stranger who shares DNA with you is weird. No matter how many skills I have, no matter how many whatever, like it's just strange. I have actual siblings who I share the household with and sometimes we have a hard time communicating. And that's not a me thing and it's not a lack of trying thing. It's just because we were not raised to communicate properly and at some point I get this be like you know what these are my boundaries this is what I'm asking for and this is what I need but to just look at me as if because of what I do for a living I'm not allowed to ask for that it's 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 not it doesn't sit right with me it sit right with me because I get to have my feelings too I get to be a kid in this too. I get to grieve the loss of my dad too. I get to I get to hold dear and sacred the relationship that I had with him too. I get to be selfish about being his favorite too. I get to not have to be guilty about having a relationship with him. I get to to not feel guilty about having the answers and you not having the answers and it not being my responsibility to give you the answers. I get to be responsible for my own healing and not everybody else's in my own personal life. And don't get me wrong. I feel sorry for my siblings, but I can't give you what I don't have. And I can't give you what's not mine to give you. 
I didn't choose him to be your dad. I didn't choose him to be my dad. Like, I don't. Your healing is not on me. And it did take me a long time to figure that out. But I've done this dance before with my younger siblings. I've tried it in the past. And it it didn't work. I, I ended up being the person that they resented. Because I got what I needed and I was the wholest out of everybody. Now, don't mean I'm whole. Don't mean I'm at 100%. But my 75 looked real good when somebody was charged at 2%. And somebody was charged at 5% with his love. Or it was 10% with his love. My 75% looked real good. My 80% was super attractive in comparison to them. But when he died, I made a conscious decision to bury the responsibility that I felt to everybody else's healing and to bury the guilt that they didn't get what they needed from that relationship. Because that's something that should have been established and reestablished by them as adults. And we all have the same opportunity to heal that relationship. I, I wish them all the healing that they need, but I no longer feel the need to, to make that my responsibility. Um, and I don't know, I, maybe it, it doesn't sound empathetic. Maybe it doesn't sound good. Maybe it makes me a bad therapist or a bad person. I just don't know. I, I know that I didn't get here because of the the investments that my siblings made in my healing. I didn't get here because of, not even because of my dad. I got here in spite of those things. And I, I got here through the work of my own and me understanding that, that I needed to get the things that I needed, no matter who gave them to me. And that it was my responsibility to heal that stuff. And it was my responsibility to make sure that I got what I needed. And I, I just want everybody else to take that responsibility. So if you are listening to this show and you are that sibling that needs the answers and you, you need the healing and you want to have that relationship with your, your siblings because of problematic family relationships, just, just know what your ask is. Know what your ask is and respect if the other person is not ready or willing or don't have the ability to provide that for you in this moment. And if you are that sibling who got the most love or got the got was the most supported or got to spend more time or whatever the reason is. Don't feel guilty about it, man. You got to let that go. You have to. Do what you need to do. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. There were a lot of years that my relationship with my dad was hindered because he gave me more than he gave my other siblings. And I always felt guilty and not spending the time with him, being being present with him, but, but berating him for the things that he wasn't doing for other people. When meanwhile, I mean, I really could have just sat and spent time with my dad and been selfish about that time. And it took me a long time to get to that point. It, it, it really did. And I'm glad that I did get to that point because I got what I needed from him. And I'm not 
I don't feel guilty about that. And I don't feel ashamed. And it's not my responsibility. And it really wasn't my fault. Because no matter how old I am in this situation, I was just a kid. In this family dynamic. And I'm okay with being okay with being selfish about it. So I'm not sure who needed to hear this. I'm not sure if anybody needed to hear this, but I, I, I feel like I needed to say it and get it off my chest and to um, discuss it. If you are a gynecologist or um, no segue, just not even a segue at all. I just changed the subject completely. But if you are a gynecologist or you know of a black gynecologist or female kind of gynecologist, please have them call me. I want to talk about some women's health issues and I would like to have a black GYN on the show. Best way for me to ask for a guest is to ask for guests on the show. If you want to be on the show, please listen to the episodes. Pick, pick a few past episodes, reference them in the email reach out to me about that. A lot of people have been reaching out to me to be on the show, yet they don't seem like they know what the show is about. It doesn't seem like they know what kind of guests that I'm, I'm, I'm looking for because they've actually listened to the show. You cannot be on anybody's show if you don't listen to the shows. Okay. Um, I want you guys to have a blessed holiday season. Be very careful going into Thanksgiving. I'm in Brooklyn, New York. Our numbers are going up. Our schools are closed. The restaurants are kind of like at, I don't know what's, I don't, I don't mean, I'm going to be honest. I'm not, I don't know what's going on with the restaurants. I know that the schools are closed, but, you know, be careful because the person that you can get sick throughout this holiday season will be somebody that's closest to you. So I thought that this would be the last year would be the last year that I actually had to cook for Thanksgiving. Clearly it is not. I've went out and I've done my Thanksgiving shopping and I got collard greens to, to, to clean, you know, and put in the freezer and get ready for next week. I want you guys to have a blessed Thanksgiving season and a holiday season. If you are away from your families again, Find ways to be present, find, find ways to um, honor your ancestors and the, your people around you. Maybe cook a recipe with your mom on Zoom or uh, connect with them some, some other way. I was six years old when my grandmother passed away, but every single year for Thanksgiving, I cook her Thanksgiving menu. Um, and I think this year what I'm going to do, I was just talking about my Aunt Bertha, but I think I'm going to make a new recipe there's something there's a family recipe that my mother told me about that my grandmother used to make and come to find out that my great grandmother used to make so I think I'm going to call my aunt Bertha and ask how to make that this year and see if it's something that I should add to my repertoire but it makes me feel good and it makes me feel connected to my family to be able to do those things even though I'm not gonna be able to travel to see my mom for Thanksgiving, but I'm hoping to get down and see her for Christmas. I'm lying. I don't know if I'm going to go down there for Christmas. I don't know if I want to be there for a whole week <laughs> during Christmas. I don't know about all that, but we will see. Um, so, yeah, that's that's it. I hope everybody is 
doing all of the things that you need. You're taking care of yourself. You're prioritizing your needs over everybody else. You are being selfish in this moment and you are being kind to yourself. I met with a new client today. and I mean, not today, but I met with a new client and she was like, oh, you know, I have a therapist. And she always she was like, be kind to yourself and give yourself grace. And I was like, hey, I'm a black therapist that says all of that stuff. And I say it to my black women clients because a lot of us don't give ourselves grace we don't be kind to ourselves and so I was like I don't think your therapist was a bad therapist because she says those things but I do think that sometimes we need a little bit more than that but you know in this moment in this space I I am learning to give myself grace and be kind to myself and check in with myself and ask myself what I need and ask myself what I want because very few people will call me and ask me if I'm okay or how I'm feeling or check in on me. Everybody just assumes that because I do what I do for a living that I'm some sort of robot. I don't know. But I, I'm a human being with human feelings and emotions that need to be honored and boundaries that need to be respected. And that ain't going to just happen by itself. It's something that you have to learn and something that you have to teach and something that you have to force. So that's where I am with this and um until our next episode be well thank you guys for listening to another episode of black therapist podcast once again you can follow us on all our social media sites at black therapist podcast on instagram and on twitter as well as black in therapy on facebook or you can follow your host me miss m-s-n-i-k-i thanks on instagram and twitter as well as you can find out any information about me at nikita n-i-k-i-t-a banks.com and on the show's website blacktherapistpodcast.com and don't forget if you want to send us any general feedback show suggestions uh show topics or guest ideas please feel free to drop us an email at blacktherapistpodcast at gmail.com thank you be well